After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. I look like a baby dolphin. <laughs> My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hello, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. It's a very recognizable voice these days. Sure is. She's everywhere. Jennifer Coolidge. Yes. Um, she certainly is everywhere these days. I don't know. There were quite a lot of... Um, I saw a lot of Halloween costumes uh, from White Lotus uh, that invoked her character... Um, so she's, and, you know, of course that that was like that's her biggest thing most recently. But she's been famous for a long time, and she's been she's a well-known like ensemble cast member for the Christopher Guest movies, mm-hmm. uh, which made me think like you know he assembled this incredible these incredible casts, many of whom returned for a lot of his different movies. And I thought you know you have all these comedic actors uh, who've been showcased in his work. They must have a body of commercial work as well. So today we'll look at ads that star the Christopher Guest ensemble cast members. Good. Yeah, there's a... Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I have a question for you. P- possibly a controversial question for you. Uh-oh. Regarding this. But I'll save it for the, I'll save it for the <laughs> segment, okay? All right. Also, I was looking ahead in the show sheet. Now, I don't know where this is going to go, but I see that we have somebody who wants to talk about some connection between a Fanta commercial... And who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, this is a really interesting story, and I really appreciate um, getting uh, tipped off to it. There's those are two things that I am very passionate about. <laughs> I'm very excited about this for real. Yeah, no, it's it, there's so many interesting. There's such an interesting backstory to the um, the what went into the making of the Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which, like you, like I remember that as being a really seminal moment in movie go in my childhood mm-hmm. movie going. Um, and and how the like because it was an it was like a real it was like a leap forward in animation basically like how animation and live characters looked when they were on on screen together and so this Fanta ad actually um, was kind of a turning point in that technology. Oh, just even saying the word Fanta makes me want an orange soda so badly <laughs> right now or grape. I love grape soda as well. Um, and Roger Rabbit. I mean, again, I'm sure we'll we'll get into it more, but like honestly at least top five, if not top three, neo-noir movies for me. Yeah, I know you, you really a, love it. It's, yeah. a, it's a classic. It's a classic noir. Noir. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's um, it's like complicated and, and dimensional on the order of Chinatown. Yeah, because it, like Chinatown is about water, but this is about the interstate running yeah. through L.A. slash Toontown, I believe. It's been a while, but yeah, it's like no, that's that it. municip- the, the, kind of like a, a boring municipal battle that, that starts to leak with corruption. Right, and corruption next thing you know, and murder. Toons are being dunked into vats of acid. Oh, my it's God. It's called dip, Andrew. It's called the lesser known songs by Spinal Tap. Yes, extremely lesser off, known. Off of their um, 
follow-up Their sophomore record, album. Which was Break Like the Wind, right. I believe. I'm guessing that the best part of that album is the title. Probably, <laughs> Break yeah. Break Like the Wind. And the cover art. The album art is pretty funny. I uh, actually owned it. I was a huge... I was, I, it came out right around the time that I was like just sort of discovering Spinal Tap and obsessed with it, you know? Like right around the time that like I got into Monty Python, like all those sort of like comedy nerd things that you get like a lot of teenagers get into. And I had bought, of course, the original Spinal Tap album from the from the movie and then this follow up, which was pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And so our house got broken into when I was uh, in high school or maybe like junior high. And um, one of the things that was stolen was just like my whole CD case, oh, which had God. everything in it. But they probably did do me a little bit of a favor by taking my <laughs> copy of Break Like the Wind. I wonder where that ended up. You Who know? knows? Did it ended up a on landfill, a, on for a, sure. But like, did it first, like, did they resell it? Because this is the 90s, I assume. Yeah. Did they resell it to like a record exchange? Sure. And then some other kid bought it. And then was it in somebody else's collection? I mean, I'm sure now it is no more. Very few people have CD collections these days. It would be, it would be wonderful to red violin that shit. Yes, it would be. <laughs> absolutely. That particular... Particular, that particular oh, record. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Hey, I know you put the show together and you have a, a real plan for it, but since we're talking about Spinal Tap here at the beginning, can we begin with the Spinal Tap? I think you only have one Spinal Tap-related commercial on your list. Yes, there's uh, is anything in here. I mean, there's there are actors, you know, many of these uh, actors appeared in Spinal Tap, but um, but there's only one that explicitly uh, includes a Spinal Tap character. Let's start with that, if you don't mind. No, I don't. It's already. very fun. And do you think that, like, when people talk about Christopher Guest movies, I mean, obviously, OG Christopher Guest heads know that Spinal Tap is part of that. But like when you it think was directed it, by Rob Reiner. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't directed by him. So like, I think people think of A Mighty Wind and Waiting for Guffman and um, the best in show. Best in show is the other big one. Yeah, yeah. And then there was for your consideration, which I saw and and was you know the center was starting to not hold. Mm -hmm. Then there was mascots, mascots which had its yeah. moments. Then there was a TV show. Did which yipperty yiff. Well, if he yiffed, you want to watch out. Um, I and then there was I think a TV show uh, that I didn't watch a single second of that was like. Really? In the that was directed by him, uh, or he was the showrunner for, and it was called like Family Tree or something. And it was like another that. mockumentary style Christopher Guest joint. I, I don't know enough about it to huh. tell you like what the format was, but I know that he made something that was like a, a you know a limited run series. Uh, called something like Family Tree or Family Man or something. I see. But so usually when we talk about Christopher Guest movies, we talk about that. Usually it's a mockumentary that he's made and directed. But of course, he was in Spinal Tap. And that's also sort of like that's kind of the beginning of the DNA of a lot of his stuff. It is. Right? So, many, so many of the actors that we know from that Fred Willard, Michael McKeon, Harry Shearer, mm -hmm. obviously the big ones. Um, and I think he and Michael McKeon wrote it oh right i if forgot not, or co-wrote it or co-wrote right? it yeah, yeah. i know they wrote the music for it mm -hmm. um so what commercial uh, should we start with that involves spinal tap okay well let's go to this one for sports center this is very old now and you know how sports center like sports center just has a lot of fun we've talked many mm -hmm. times about the fun promotional materials that they've created which sort of i think cut across a number of genres like it's like not a commercial in the most traditional sense but it's just like a fake interview between some sports center host who mm -hmm. probably, you know, I just don't know his name. He's interviewing 
David St. Hubbins, which is the character played by Michael McKean. Oh, man, I would have never had that name. Well, it was in the, I mean, I didn't, I don't know if I had it at the top of my brain either, but uh, you'd recognize certainly the character. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's Michael McKean as David St. Hubbins. um, And he's explaining how he, David St. Hubbins wrote like the musical stingers for the various little segments on sports center. Mm -hmm. And and I think uh, from there you'll get it. So many people wonder where the theme music from Sports Center came from. David St. Hubbins from Spinal Tap, you gotta tell me where this came from. Well, I don't really know. It's a mystery, you know. It's just kind of sprang from my forehead like Zeus and Penelope or however that story goes. <laughs> and I was just sitting there watching Sports Center and I went. And I liked it, but the bum, bum, bum bit sounded a bit wimpy. And then I thought, which was much better than which obviously sucks. Are you working on any other sports-related projects? Oh, yeah, I've written some stings for various sports. Like, when a bloke hits a home run, they're going to play like, like that, you know. Right, right. Uh, what about football, maybe? Football, you know, when the bloke you know, goes across the line, the music goes... What about if you wanted to go obscure, say, maybe curling? Oh, yeah, I got a curling piece. It goes like this. Curling, curling, let's all go bloody curling on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Those commercials never miss. Oh, my God. They Honestly, do they have the greatest hit record uh, in, in commercial history? They're so funny. Yeah, I guess technically they're promos, yeah. which we don't usually do delve into on this show well, too much but there there are a few network promos that rise to that level it I think. really it's all they're so brilliant and i mean and like the, they think so far outside the box to where they will like we've talked about one where they had um you know uh wrestlers come in and be mad that wrestling professional wrestling wasn't treated like a serious sport mm-hmm. and I, I mean they're they're just so tuned into pop culture in such a great way I, I love what they do and that's very old now that's you know 20 years old but yeah, yeah at least 20 30 years yeah, old I think that's actually older than that looks yeah. pretty old there um okay now let's jump ahead to today um curling, because <laughs> curling, let's all go bloody curling. we were talking about jennifer coolidge at the beginning of the show i mean she had such a moment i mean especially um, the last couple of years with, uh, I wanted to say White Rabbit. What is the name? White Lotus. White Lotus. <laughs> One pill. That's not even White Rabbit. Um, all right. We'll leave Jefferson Airplane alone for now. Um, but uh, so did we want to play the commercial that we heard the bit from at the top? That was for like some some makeup commercial. Yeah, right? I didn't even include that. The She's everywhere and you can find a million ads with her. She was She's been the old Navy pitch woman for a while mm-hmm. i don't know if she's currently doing it but there were a lot of holiday and old navy ads with her as mm-hmm. the as the spokesperson but right now uh what's in heavy rotation is her ad for the discover cashback debit card which i gotta say i would never get discover because like hardly anybody takes it but a cashback debit card is uh oh. it's a it's a very appealing proposition, mm-hmm. to put, put it that way. Well, whenever I put my debit card into an ATM, I get cash back. How does it work for you? <laughs> Hi-yo. Hey. Um, in this commercial, and I admit this this commercial took me a while to understand the plot, but I, I now understand it. I'll explain it to you. She's sitting in a diner, kind of a classic diner. She's having a cup of coffee. She's sitting across from somebody who is works in the diner. He's got the like 
um, diner. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, like top on, like recognizably, like he's a server he's like there. A server, and yeah, and you know, I would, I had to, I didn't realize that this is this commercial. I've seen this in the wild, and like it took me a long time to figure out what the relationship. Like, between why these is the two server are. sitting with? And her. he's sitting with her, and he's holding one of those, like the, how we often will pay for a meal in a restaurant now is the server will come over with like a little handheld computer that you slide your card into and you tap the the tip and everything and as opposed to like the old days of like taking it obviously to a cash register somewhere so i think that's what's going on yeah. right he's come over to her table he's holding one of these things but at some point off screen before we know it Somehow he got involved in a conversation yes. with her, and now he's just sitting down with her, and he's still got the little payment machine. Yeah, in front he's of and him. clearly he's gently trying to get her to wrap up this transaction, and right. she's and like it's very Jennifer Coolidge, right? It's like very consistent with the kinds of characters she plays, where she's she's needy and oblivious, right? And that's right. like I think a riff, especially on her character from White Lotus. Well, that's I'm trying to figure out if I can do this without just pissing all over it. Like, the commercial that we pulled the little bit from at the top of the show where she says, I'm a dolphin or whatever, it's like, that's a, a commercial for some sort of cosmetics company. It's yeah, called like Elf. skincare. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, as she's unboxing it, and she's sort of making a mess, and then some of the product is too sticky, so everything is sticking to her, and she's, you know, obviously totally clueless and then somewhat helpless in this commercial. And I was watching, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is exactly like the Uber Eats commercial you did for the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and I was my question for you which I think is a controversial question because why would anybody want to take the piss out of Jennifer Coolidge like people love her and adore her but I just sort of feel like have we reached peak Coolidge a little bit like I sort of feel like I've seen it especially in the commercial space like it all seems to be retread of the same shit I will say that I had that thought while I was doing the prep for the show and I'm excited to show you an ad later in the show where oh, okay. it's a brief performance um, it's an ensemble cast actually mostly uh, guest uh, Chris Guest like mm -hmm. character actors she's in it she plays not even against type so much as like she just isn't doing this bit this thing mm -hmm. that she does this like helpless um, ditzy oblivious character that is mm -hmm. so much wealthy like, usually implied implied wealth implied like um, like oblivious to the needs of others and, and like casually selfish like she she's much more like a she just plays like a straight up businesswoman like okay. a sort of a, See, a, 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 a cynical businesswoman yeah. in a very quick performance but I was like wow you know I I like that I like seeing her range and I think she has it like I think she's a really talented actor who doesn't who's so good at this one weird thing that she does mm -hmm. that nobody else can do so well yeah and also discover isn't going to be like hey we want to hire jennifer coolidge to do something new and outside the box they're right. hiring her for the character that she's created exactly. that is like so she's, she's a victim of her own success from, yeah. in that and, way and for her she's like yeah, you want me to do the same shit for a whole bunch of money yeah. for discover yeah of course i'll do it so yeah, yeah i don't want to be a hater cuz again like there's no there's no upside in uh, taking joy away from Jennifer Coolidge, but it does. It's after a while, it's kind of like, okay, she's really cashed in on this thing. Yeah, and it's, I'm kind of over. I'm fine it. for her to cash in on it as long as she can. She can keep getting paid for it. I do wish that some casting director out there who's making a serious project mm -hmm. would say, "What else can we do with this actor who's clearly very talented, and have her be somebody?" totally different somebody who's in charge somebody who is 
tuned in someone who is like smarter than everybody else in the room like wouldn't that be interesting yes, you know i agree and could she do it like i would be really interested to see that performance absolutely so we're going to play this one though for discover again this is the one where she's in the diner and she's talking to the server who's already sitting down at her table trying to get her to pay you're such a good listener thomas it makes me feel so special you are you are special if you don't mind, if you could just... This makes me feel really special, too, because, you know, Discover's giving me cash back on debit, not just credit. Actually, Discover gives cash back on debit to everyone. Everybody? Everyone. Buddy, if you could just... What about Debbie John? All those years that I couldn't find my bike, it was in her garage. Like, she gets it. If she has Discover cash back debit, then, yeah. Introducing oh. Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back for everyone. I like I like the specificity of the joke about like somebody yeah. from her youth, but I've had this thought too in just sort of seeing that in the wild and I, I don't think that you and I have talked about it. I think this was just a thought in the back of my head. It definitely seems like there's something missing from that joke or that it, it changed over time because like is the implication that her friend stole her yes. bike? It's that but it seems weird that it's like it was in her garage. It sort of sounds it's so passive, you know what I mean? Like there's there's something so confusing about this whole commercial. I think that even okay, forget my criticism of that line. Why are we not putting her at this is like an old style diner, right? right. It's like one of those like the type that you see in commercials and TV shows all the time. They must be all around. Yes, that's the platonic LA, idea. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so since diners are a little old school anyway, why are you making it confusing by having it at the table with the server sitting down, which is a pretty unusual move? Couldn't we have had this entire conversation at the cash register, potentially maybe even with some people some lining people behind, up behind yeah. her, like ratching it up? Because he just keeps on saying, okay, now could you, and sort of gestures towards this thing that, again, it takes several viewings to realize what he's even trying to get out of her. I think that mostly this is a failure of the directing. Yeah, I think it's like the state, like the, the sort of the script or the staging, because I'll tell you for the first 150 times mm -hmm. that I saw it, which is probably how many times I've seen it. I was like, I thought he worked for the credit card company. Oh, okay. And was like talking to her about the credit card. And so, because it's also a little weird to have the spokesperson, the the voice of the credit card mm -hmm. pitcher be the diner waiter. Yeah, right. But if you have him behind the rat cash register, it's clear who he is. Right. And then he's just somebody who's knowledgeable about it. But it it because he's sitting across from her, your brain really takes a while to like figure out like what their relationship is. Yeah, and like I know I might sound like an old by saying like oh they're using this modern like credit card payment thing at the table. I mean obviously that's very standard. Sure. Younger people are very used to that sort of cue in a commercial. I'm sure. I do think him sitting that's weird. is a huge. I mean, Have even him if sit he was down. even if it starts with him standing yes. and holding the device, that's one thing. But I do think that like a cash register like. Okay, you can follow the new stuff. Not everything has to be old fashioned, but like in the same way answering machines were used in movies and commercials as shorthand yeah. for something for a long time. Like j this is a 30 second commercial. Just get the point across. Have it not, at a cash register at a diner. Because like, the pitch isn't this works on a table side yeah. uh, credit card reader. The pitch is you get cash back. So like it's irrelevant how like and I still pay for things at the register all the time. I run my own card. There's mm -hmm. a machine up there and I run my card. But it's not like so weird. It wouldn't like look strange to a young person's eyes to be standing paying for a coffee or something. When I pay for a coffee, I'm doing it at the register. Yeah, you know? right. All right, let's talk about this Nissan commercial. I don't think I'm familiar with this one at all, which you the are. listeners are probably happy to hear since I 
already have talked too much about the first one. Um, you you are you have seen this. This was a Super Bowl commercial from two years ago. It was kind of one of those big budget. Oh yeah, like, huge this, cast, oh, no. cast of thousands. Sorry, listeners, I didn't like this one either because it made no sense. <laughs> it was just like get tons of famous people and put them in a high speed chase or something, right? Yeah. On on rewatching it, I kind of enjoyed it a little bit more. Now this one I picked because it stars Eugene Levy. Um, Eugene Levy's done a fair number of commercials. Um, I kind of stuck with this one because uh, a lot of the ones he's doing now are with his children. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel, I think. Dan, uh, Dan, who, of course, is his son, who is the uh, creative force behind Schitt's Creek and the star of Schitt's Creek. And his daughter, who also played a character on Schitt's Creek. Uh, she was Twyla, the... The diner waitress. Oh, Twyla. I always think it's the woman who runs the hotel, but no, it's Twyla. Okay. Right, yeah. 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 Um, so, so I he's in those, Eugene Levy's in those commercials, but I feel like Dan and Twyla are more like the focus of them in there, and, and Eugene's sort of like the, mm. the supporting player. Mm-hmm. He's definitely the star of this one. The premise here, and it is one of those big Super Bowl commercials, is Brie Larson, who's the Nissan, has been the Nissan pitch woman for several years now, Um rolls up to some uh, films shoot, you know, on a back lot somewhere in this fancy, like, kind of like line, like uh, citrus yellow, uh, sporty looking Nissan Z. And she gets out and she kind of sees Eugene Levy and they greet each other. And she's like, hey, do you want to take my fancy sports car for a ride? And he's like, oh, no, I'm I'm just an old man. My coffee is enough adrenaline for me. But then she kind of talks him into it. And then he gets in, so he gets in the car, and as he's driving it, he slowly but surely um, kind of transforms from like boring old dad type t- with his coffee to like long haired action star. And pretty soon, like an action movie is taking shape around him. Dave Batista sees him, and it, it it morphs from just him driving this little car with his cup of coffee in hand to. Sh- jumping off of a building in this car, you know, like Fast and the Furious style. There is a little cameo from Catherine O'Hara too, as mm-hmm. he's as he's driving away. So, and again, both of those are Christopher Guest people, but this commercial drafts more off of their Shit's Creek status, right? That's probably true. Of course, Catherine O'Hara is also mm-hmm. Shit's Creek. Yeah. Nice ride. Want to give it a spin? Coffee's enough excitement for me. <laughs> Come on. Very nice. He's like getting into it. He passes Catherine O'Hara. Catherine? What the? Hey, hey. Now he's got like cool All shades right. on. Is that? Eugene Levy? Huh. Eugene. Where is he? Where are you? Now he's in like a rooftop car slash helicopter chase. But his hair's all long yeah. now. Like he's physically changed. He's, he's got like tats. Clothes. Send him. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Watch the coffee. He's got like a superhero voice, and now all of that becomes the the uh, an action movie that he is the star of. And it was a, you heard a crowd cheering because they're at the Orpheum Theater at the, uh, I guess at the. Um, premiere of Eugene Levy in Thrill Driver. I still hate that commercial. You still hate it. Yeah, it's just like throwing tons of money at something that's supposed to be big and explosive and a whole bunch of famous faces in it. Like, that does not make me want that car at all. I think it's just, it's everything I hate about a Super Bowl commercial. I guess I kind of, on on this rewatch, enjoyed the transformation of Eugene from 
the Eugene Levy we know to like each little each time we see him one little thing has changed about him right mm-hmm. and first it's his he's wearing sunglasses then it's his voice has deepened and then it's his hair is this like kind of long rock star hair and then it's like the tattoos on the knuckles and the leather bracelet so I kind of appreciate the the transformation that is I think on on the first watch you miss some of those details mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely missed a lot not, of details. You in can't fact, not love Eugene Levy. In fact, it's driving me bananas, but I'm terrible with celebrity culture. But the person that Dave Batista is having coffee with is super famous. She is, and I'm embarrassed that I, I didn't can't. know her we, name We only saw her from like almost like an almost an over-the-shoulder shot, I guess a profile shot very briefly. But um, okay, so speaking of Catherine O'Hara, yeah, um, you have a commercial here that I think goes back a little ways, right? Or no, this is relatively new, about a year old. Uh, YouTube says it was posted a year ago. Mm. I don't know how okay. how truly recent it is. Um, we all know Catherine O'Hara, of course. Um, if she's she's you know too well, she'll have a her you know my metric for how famous anybody's uh, projects are is where where it will be in their obituary. Um, the obituary meter, as I think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and her obituary meter is going to be a tough one because my God, Home Alone. With the Kevin, yeah, yep. you know, which is funny because she's such a great comedic actor and presence that in that role she's playing a pretty straight role of a concerned mom, you know, kind of, yeah. I mean, it's all a little bit played for laughs, but yeah, she doesn't get the the lion's share of the of the comedic lines. I will, I do love the gif of her saying Kevin because we have a friend Kevin, and whenever he's late, um, whenever we're worried that he's not going to like gonna be late for something hmm. or if he hasn't uh contributed his wordle to the wordle wordle group uh text someone will send the gif of Catherine o'hara saying kevin um i think as we try to sum up Catherine o'hara's legacy here i can just turn to the youtube comments and quote dom is the bomb oh nine who posted two months ago she's an icon she's a legend and she is the moment yeah, because I mean, Moira Rose mm-hmm. is gonna be uh, an is an iconic character. That's why they call him Dom the Bomb 09. Yeah, you can't argue with Dom the Bomb 09. <laughs> you cannot. So of course, so this to come back to this commercial. This is for the Chase Freedom credit card. Um, she's shopping in a kind of high end looking department store, and she realizes that she cannot find Kevin. So she's calling for Kevin, and of course, we're you know, like meant to think of Kevin McAllister. Mm-hmm. But um, she's actually acting opposite Kevin Hart. Oh, Kevin Hart. Kevin! Kevin. Kevin. Oh, nice. Kevin, where are you? I like that move. She's looking in like kind of the, we've talked about this on the show before because as a, as when I was a kid, I liked looking for money in department stores and also just goofing around. And I'd always go and hide inside one of those racks of shirts or whatever. But you could walk into them and hide in the center oh, of the yeah. circle. Yeah, and she was looking for Kevin in there. You, Kevin! Hey, what's going on? I'm right here. I was busy cash backing for the holidays with Chase Freedom Unlimited. I'm going to cash back on the gingerbread house. Ooh, it's got little people inside. And a snow globe. Oh, I wish I lived in there. You know, I can't believe you lost another Kevin. It's a holiday tradition. That it is. Earn big time with Chase Freedom Unlimited. How do you cash back? Chase, make more of what's yours. I like that ad. I wish that they hadn't stepped on the joke. I can't believe you lost another Kevin. I feel like it, I feel like it was unnecessary. 
Um, and you like, feel like the joke is unnecessary? I like the joke. Okay. I like the, that she lost another Kevin. And then think, she says it's a holiday tradition. That's what you don't like? I don't need, no, I don't like, I don't need that. And I don't need Kevin Hart saying, I can't believe you lost another Kevin. Oh, I think oh the you joke, don't like that joke. The joke either. lands immediately when you realize mm-hmm. she's found Kevin Hart. I see. They, they over-explained it. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I could see that. I was really, I thought for sure there was going to be a Macaulay sighting in this commercial at some point not in this one they do a couple of ads uh, in that campaign and i saw several of them none of them had macaulay culkin in them but um he's he's reprised his role he's doing one now this season i think or maybe it was last season uh last christmas season where it was like if he was if he was left home alone now with like alexa or something i remember that sorry i probably shouldn't have said the a word but um if he was like like what it would be like to have like a you know live in a house with a smart speaker if he was home alone. Do you think it's interesting at all, speaking of the A word, that that product has a name? It's called it's an, an Amazon Echo. Echo. Yeah. And you can say that all you want, and it's not going to tr- – uh, maybe some people have it set so that you can yell that word, the E word in this case, and maybe <laughs> listen to it. But most people use the setting of the name, right. the A word. Um, and – the branding on that was so good that nobody remembers that it's called an Echo. Like, I was talking to Luke on TBTL yesterday or the day before, and he just kept referring to it as the A word, right? right? And it's not the A word. And there's such a good way around saying it on a podcast just so you're not it. triggering it. Say just say, say the Echo, yeah. right? But it's amazing how they just, like, there's something about human behavior in there. I don't think that was an intended consequence. Well, it is bizarre, right? They gave the product an they gave the product a product name, but then also gave it like a a name to call it. And yeah. it's so strange. And it really tells you like we're in this weird transitional mm-hmm. time with technology as we as we stand on the cusp of of true AI, right? Yep. That actually like interacts with us and um almost like you know is an inte- is a kind of intelligence, a kind of yeah. a kind of consciousness almost, and the fact that we humanize it by giving right. it a human name, and you talk to it to yeah. wake it up. We're we're in this very strange time in terms of our personal relationships to technology, and I think that weird things like that, and I would hesitate to even call it a misstep, but weird um, idiosyncrasies like mm-hmm. that are a function of where we are in technology history. Yeah, like 30 years from now, 40 years from yeah. now on whatever the Discovery Channel is or whatever, there's going to be some really mid-documentary about like <laughs> <laughs> about like You don't think we'll, you don't think that we'll, uh, you don't think we'll, we'll surpass mid-documentary. AI is going <laughs> to yeah. get rid of mid-documentary. It probably won't be on a cable network as I described it. It'll be mm. on, you know, whatever <laughs> you know, however we're seeing our media at the time. But it, like obviously that will be an incredible incredible moment in our transition from just getting from just like going from basically no mainstream internet to then the the huge boom of the internet that we saw as young adults you and I to now we're kind of in this like you were saying in this another transitionary phase and that is the the echo which I think I can say without triggering anybody or anything (laughs) um uh is like just such a huge step in that I think so but it's also it's always funny to look back um at technology and people predicting what technology is going to be important and transformative because so often we're wrong or our understanding of what it's going to mean for the society Mm -hmm. is so naive 
as as it it's that's why it's fun to go back and listen to like Katie Couric and Bryant Gumble talk about you know what is the at what symbol is, what is the at symbol yeah. exactly um it, although I would say that at this point Echo and the name that we are avoiding saying out of respect to our listeners has proven itself in the history books at this point. I mean, it's been years and wherever that goes, who knows? But it's not like web TV. Sure. No, I'm with you. I I don't mean to suggest that that has been a failure or that it won't be um, an important step that smart speakers won't. I mean, smart, a smart home, smart Internet of Things like some version of that is inevitable, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's it's happened. It's not just inevitable. It's like it's happening. Not in this house because um, we're Luddites. Well, you are. You hold me back. I hold obviously. you back. Um, I thought I had tape of Katie. Who is it? Katie Couric and... Um, I think it's Bryant Gumbel. Bryant, this isn't it, is it? Let me just check this. Well, there's a revolution going on in <laughs> rec rooms, offices, no, this is and different. classrooms around the world. A revolution in which 15 million people are taking part. They're sharing scientific data, arguing philosophy, or passing on cooking tips and gossip night and day through a computer network called Internet. (laughs) (laughs) That's real, by the way. That's not a parody. That's weird because, like, there's nothing factually wrong about that. No, not at all. Still to this day. I mean, like, that continues to be accurate. Yeah, and I think, though, if I had let that tape play on. It's called Internet, Andrew. Then it gets to, like, all you do is take off your phone, off the hook, Mm -hmm. and you put it on this little machine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then it reads the newspaper to you. <laughs> like, it's essentially where I think that goes. Oh, my God. Uh, all right, we should get back on topic, though. I do not think that you and I are going to be um, the futurists that we hope we are. We are, we I are not. I be less of a futurist. <laughs> you are not chingy. I am not. I'm Is not that, ching- do I have that right? Chingy or whatever. Yeah, I'm not the, the uh, what was his title? I was so something. What? It was something so dumb. Um, oh, Shingy. I said Chingy, but it's Shingy with an SH. And he was, an, uh, this just have, has him as an Australian marketing executive, but he would give those. He had a better title than that. Come yeah, on, Shingy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, don't, Shingy, don't don't disavow your your stupid title from the 90s or whatever uh, that was. I have um, waylaid us. Um, Sierra Mist. God, I miss Sierra Mist. Um, well, you can get it now in what's now rebranded as Starry. Yeah. You like Starry? No, I don't particularly like it but it's i think that's what it was was once sierra mist right you think that starry and sierra mist are the same soda with just a different label well isn't starry the thing that they you're absolutely right oh okay (laughs) (laughs) they did this whole rebranding thing and i don't think that when i had a star i was like oh oh you literally just changed the name of it because like sierra mist I'm old enough, kids, to remember when Sierra Mist was the new kid on the block, right. don't you? Because it was Sprite and 7-Eleven, and then it was like, Sierra Mist, wow, you must be a seven snope. Up. What did I say? 7-Eleven. Did I say 7-Eleven? Yes. I do love 7-Elevens, although those do predate me. Um, but then you would be like, oh, Sierra Mist, wow, you must like jump out of airplanes with snowboards attached and to your And then Mountain Dew was like, hey, that's our thing. <laughs> yeah, hold my Sierra Mist. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so this is a Sierra Mist commercial from a while back, I'm taking it. A long time ago, yeah. This is at least 20 years old, probably more like 30. We open, this is this stars Michael McKeon as the hard, as a hard-bitten uh, cop doing the interrogation, kind of bad cop interrogation uh, thing of Fred Willard. And we start on some kind of grainy black and white security cam footage from a, a quickie mart where we see Fred Willard just shoplifting a Sierra Mist. And then we cut to the interrogation room 
where Michael McKeon, as the cop, is interrogating him about it. You gotta pay for that. Hey, that's me. We know. What were you thinking? It says free. I thought it was a giveaway. Well, they gave it away. How could they make a profit? Volume. You don't know much about the retail business, do you? Now, what was I supposed to think? Maybe that it's free of sugar, free of calories, free of carbs, free of caffeine. I don't think so. It says free. It just doesn't taste free. CRM is free. Give me that. Hey, get your own. They're free. They're not free. <laughs> McKeon is so pissed by the end. That's really great. And it does raise the question for me. Like, I associate these two in being in films together mostly from, like, the Guffman universe, right? Or I guess I mean, they're, they're not both in, in Guffman, but. Uh, no, they're both in. Um, they're both in Guffman. They're, of course, they're both in. Um, Oh no! Wait, is is McKeon and McKeon's in Guffman? Gosh, why did I think he was? Because he's in all the other ones. They're both in Best in Show. Like I'm just wondering, like who who cast this? Because this commercial, do you think this predates Best in Show? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, you don't? Okay, so I maybe don't. that is the seed. I or think the germ that's of the idea. That's where where they and they actually were both in Spinal Tap. Fred yes, Willard, if sure, you'll recall, yeah. is is in Spinal Tap towards the end when they're they're reduced to playing like a. Like a military yep. base, yeah. uh, so social, yeah. And Fred Willard is like a full full dress uniform uh, military guy, and he says, "Oh, they're gonna think I'm part of the band because his hair is not like perfectly shaved." Believe it or not, short. I actually do have that tape too. Okay, not play it. Just because I had that, I think that's like Luke's favorite part of that movie. <laughs> ah, hey, uh... Hoekstra, and you are yes. Spinal Tarp? I'm, I'm Janine Pekitroni, this is Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap, yeah. my mistake. I'm uh, Lieutenant Bob Hoekstra, and welcome to Lindbergh Air Force Base. This is your gentleman's first visit to a military facility. Yeah, yeah. Fine, may I start by saying how thrilled we are to have you here. We are such fans of your music and all of your records. Right. I'm not speaking of yours personally, but the whole genre of the rock and roll and so many of the exciting things that are happening in music genre. today. And let me explain a bit about what's going on. This is our monthly At Ease Weekend. It gives us a chance to kind of let down our hair, although I see you all have a head start on it. <laughs> These haircuts wouldn't pass military muster, believe me. Although I shouldn't talk, I, my hair's getting a little shaggy too. Better not get too close to you, they'll think I'm part of the band. I'm joking, of course. Shall we go in and I'll show you what? <laughs> I'll, I'll stop that there. I love that, I love that Fred Willard bit because he's actually playing against type there, um, or or he he's playing a different type from what he ultimately became more famous for, which was like, an oblivious or smarmy kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He's just playing like uh, he's oblivious here. I was a little oblivious, yeah, yeah. but he's just playing like a sort of a a bored bureaucrat who's like just trying to do his job versus like a kind of more um, a kind of more like schemy or smarmy mm-hmm. type of person. Mm-hmm. Like he plays in Guffman and or yeah. in, I'm sorry in um in Best in Sh- No, he's in. He's in Guffman, but McKeon yes. isn't, right? Yes, yes, yes. It is hard to keep it straight. It is. I also get some of these actors um, really confused. I'm wondering if this is even a segue. Oh, it's a, it is a segue because uh, John Michael Higgins yes. is going to be in this next commercial you're going to play. And um, he's somebody who, first of all, if the name wasn't right in front of me, I, I wouldn't be able to say it. I would just say to you, the guy with the three names who's in Great News. He's in Great News, which I love. He's a huge game show guy. He's like hosts a yes. bajillion game shows. That's that's right. I was watching. So my grandmother is 101 years old, and 
mostly what she does is watch the game show channel. There are all kinds of new game shows out there now that I didn't know yeah, about. Yeah, they're still a inventing Yahoo game shows. game show. Yeah. And there's a couple that he hosted that I watched with my grandma. Yeah. She couldn't. I was trying to play along to entertain her, but I think I was just annoying her. <laughs> it can be hard to tell. True story. Um, so, yeah. So, John Michael Higgins, you would recognize. He is in Best in Show. Um, he's one, He and Michael McKeon are a couple. I think in that. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. They're a gay I, yes, couple. Yes, They're yes. actually, to me... I always think that he's one of the announcers, but no, that's... Um, uh, that's the British guy whose name is um, Michael Hitchens or Hitchcock, I think. But then there is then the other... And is Fred Willard. And Fred Willard, right, yeah. right, right. I just, I have so much so trouble So John Michael Higgins and Michael Hitchcock. Head. Yes, and, and, and also there's something about Willard and John Michael Higgins that I just sort of, they're like... They don't look alike, but there's something about them that I can't keep them separate in my head somehow. Well, I really love John Michael Higgins, and mm-hmm. I always like I loved him in Best or in Sorry in Great News, and he I just I, I always like I'm happy to see him on the screen. Um, he's done a absolute metric ton of commercials. He mm. has been I didn't include a lot of them because honestly I went through a lot of them and I just felt like the writing didn't rise to the level. Like he's a comedic actor. But he's became the spokesperson for um, physicians, something or other, like ph- like Physicians United or some kind of like genericy sounding like health insurance or healthcare program. And he, I kept waiting, and it would, like the, clearly they're they're all they all have the cadence of jokes, mm-hmm. but they don't really work as jokes, and mm-hmm. they don't make the most of his his comedic talents. But he also is part of a long running campaign. For direct TV, uh, and I'm going to play a lot of these direct TV ones because these ran for years. So much so that they started with Ed Begley Jr., who was also a uh, uh, Christopher Guest uh, he mainstay. Was. Yeah, That's he's in right. he's in Best in Show as the as the hotel yes. uh, concierge or whatever the irritated concierge. Well, right? he's trying Is to he be not? nice. Is he's he? pretty. Okay. He's oh, nice. I thought, I thought they pushed him to his limits. I don't remember that movie that he's well. He's in Mighty Wind as something or other. I can't remember. Uh, I think he's in a Mighty Wind. He has a brief, very funny, tiny role in Spinal Tap. Oh. Um, which most people probably don't know, but there is a scene in Spinal Tap where they they show one of their old songs where they're like sort of like more like the 60s mod, mm-hmm. uh, like kind of Beatles-y band, and they do a song Give called money. Give Me Some Money. Mm-hmm. And you know how they always have like a million drummers in Spinal Tap because their yeah. drummers keep getting killed? Ed Begley Jr. plays their 60s drummer. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. No, I did not remember that at all. It's a very, it's if blink and you miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, in this first DirecTV ad, um, we have a bunch of people sitting around a board table, this uh, uh, boardroom table. This would have been good for my boardroom show. Oh, yeah. Um, the head of the table is Ed Begley Jr. He's the CEO guy. Um, seated at the table are a number of actors that you might recognize, including John Michael Higgins, who I think has the biggest speaking role here, and an actor named Don Lake, who also appears in a lot of the Chris Guest movies. He's like a bald guy. I'm pretty confident he is definitely in... Um, Guffman. Let me see. And is he also the? Did he yiff or did he yip? Yes, I think he's the yiff yiff or yiff guy. Right, exactly. So he was in mascots. Um, he was in. I can't remember, but you'd recognize him. He's kind of like a ball. He's just like a. uh, He's kind of kind of a fast short short talker sort of. A little kind of rat a tat tat talks. Yeah. Okay. So they're all at a a boardroom table, and they're talking about how they're going to have their lunch eaten by Directv. This these are the this is the dreadful alternative, right? This This is is the cable cable company. 
So research is showing us that when people buy their new flat screen TVs, when they do the upgrade, they're going to DirecTV. Come on. DirecTV is going to put all their eggs into this basket, technology. I'm so scared. HD's going to go the way that the computer is eventually going to go. Have you ever lost your children's pictures on that thing? You know what innovate is if you move all the letters around? That in onion. <laughs> It's like putting all your onions in one vat. <laughs> like putting all your onions in one vat. Wow. That is I amazing. Love... Just that corner of that table is like three heavy hitters of Christopher Guest. And all you get from Ed Bigley Jr. is like a point. Like, yeah, he's right. The internet's going to be gonna be nothing. And then Don Lake's just kind of sitting there nodding his head. Uh-huh, but watching amazing. John Michael Higgins, like, work out in his mind what you could make from innovation yeah. is phenomenal this is one where they have this great group of talent yes. and if they can make a whole bunch of commercials you spend a day shooting them it, yes and also it's like you don't you can just let them be wild like that because you've laid the groundwork of what you're selling and so you can just have a comedian like that sort of riff and make you laugh without having to worry too much about landing the message because it's pretty clear it's like we're just riffing at how out of touch cable companies yeah just are. go that's that's your that's your end goal. Yeah. Just go. Yeah. Um, this next one. Didn't it, you do a whole show, by the way, uh, that is not just boardroom stuff, but like from the point of view of the competition, yes. essentially? That's such a good trope. That's yeah. such a good thing to explore. We should do that again sometime. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I see ads sometimes where I think like, oh, that would have been good for that show. And then I think to myself, well, what am I going to do when I eventually run out of ideas? Am I going to have to circle back around and just do like a new crop of ads that meet some previous criteria. Well, we've definitely done that accidentally. We have before. done it accidentally. I know that I've done that once because, like, you produced a show, and there's something that's just more when you yeah. produce it yourself, it sticks in your brain more. We did the whisper did show the twice. Yeah, I produced one, you produced one, and it was funny because, like, the 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 drop I used from the for the top of my show was from a commercial that you had used in years, and I never even made the connections. But I do think, like, we have to remind ourselves twenty. 2014 did we start this podcast or 2015? Um, I think end of 2014. So we're getting goddamn near a decade of doing this show. Is that, can that be right? Well, it's almost 2024, but right? But then, then surely we didn't really start in 2014. We were definitely in LA. So it's 2014 or 2015. So, you know, we're a couple of years shy at best of doing this show every single week. Yeah. For almost a decade. I mean, like, this is show we 419. Have to, we have to be open to the idea that we can circle back around it's on possible. things. possible, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, every now and then, I know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, brag. Uh, I just, every now and then, that blows my mind. This says we started at the end of 2015. The end of 2015. Yeah. So, really, okay, we've yeah. only really done it for one, two, three, like eight, four, eight, five, six, years seven, eight years. Yeah. But, you know, you're right. It's more than, it's. It's more of a decade than not. If if some if somebody were to ask me just like casually, oh, you guys still doing that podcast? I'd say like, yeah, we've been doing it for like five years now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Same. But it's like, no, we're. By the way, that is the number one question I get from people I haven't seen in a while. You still doing? Are that? you still doing that? Yeah, yeah. and they always ask it in exactly that tone. You still doing? <laughs> the they're always. That? I don't think that they're like shocked. That's how they ask you if you're still dating me too. <laughs> You still seeing that guy? I think they know that's a done deal. (laughs) But I think that the, I hope that the disbelief that I hear in their voice is predicated on the idea that like, it is sort of hard to believe that there is that much 
new content. I mean, that there's that many new ideas, I guess, about advertising. Mm. But as I always reply, yes, because they keep making new ads. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And it gets more and more interesting as, you know, if the ad makers are doing their job rising to the, or rate, yeah, I guess rising to the occasion of the changing landscape. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. living in the culture that we're living yeah. in. So, like, as, you know, in the same way that it'd be like, oh, you're still putting out that people magazine huh like you would think like we know everything we need to know about celebrities about by people now. about people <laughs> <laughs> okay we got to get back i didn't realize we are going on an hour already um oh, so we should uh pick this up my right, apologies let's, let's bang I'm through these astray. next yeah. direct tv ads so, so these are great though. yes i have to say it would it i'm sort of dismayed that they for whatever reason uh replaced ed begley jr as the ceo with um jeffrey tambor oh okay of course yeah. it was before he sort of fell from grace yeah. um but uh, we have the same basic cast. We got John Michael Higgins at the front. Uh, we also have, and then Jeffrey Tambor is the CEO. We've also got one of my favorite actors, not a Chris Guest uh, cast member. No, but fitting. But it fits that. really fits in. His name is Mark Evan Jackson. You might not know the name, but you will definitely, if you watched um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, mm -hmm. he's the husband of Captain Holt. If you watch mm -hmm. The Good Place, he's Sean the Demon. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the way I'm like, it's very fitting. It's like, yes, he's a white guy who looks good in well, a he's, suit. He's a comedic actor who does well in ensemble. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah. And and there's a bit of tweeness about him, for lack of a better word. No? I'm going to have to. You're no? going to be on a moratorium with Twee in a minute here, brother. <laughs> That's what you did with Declatage. Yeah. You already got. <laughs> you already lost your Declatage privileges. <laughs> All right. Maybe Twee You want, you want to go for Twee? Um, yeah. I mean, just like a very neat, precise, He's very precise. dresser, kind yes. of like it fits into that, in, in that oeuvre. Okay. Um, okay. Watch it on oeuvre. Jesus, what am I allowed to say? <laughs> Engineering says DirecTV is so advanced that you could put TVs anywhere without looking at cable wires and boxes in every room. How are they always one step ahead of us? Well, because their technology is far superior. Or because they have someone on the inside. Isn't that right, Gil? Sir, I would never. He's no, wearing the wire. Take off his shirt. Take off his shirt. All right. I'm putting you in charge of the holiday party. Get rid of cable. So <laughs> what, what you couldn't see there is when they start turning on Gil, who's kind of a dumpy looking uh, bald guy with a mustache, just seems like kind of, you know, sort of dad type. They tear open his shirt to look for a, a wire. And underneath his button down shirt, he's got a very elaborate... Uh, chest tattoo and his nipples are pierced and have a chain running between them. Oh, I didn't even notice the nipple yeah, I, chain. Yeah, I froze on it oh so that I could try to read the gracious. tattoo. It's quite uh, something to behold. And I just, I do think Tambor's line is pretty funny. Okay, you're in charge of the holiday party. This woman That's who yells- That's a good tag. Yes, this woman who's yelling, he's wearing a wire, take off his shirt. <laughs> she's famous too. She is somebody, She's I somebody from her. a TV show that we watch and it's driving me bananas because you only see her for a split second. But again, I'm guessing that they threw a lot of these people into a lot of different commercials and filmed a whole bunch of these. Is it Carrie Aisley? It could be Carrie Aisley. I'll try to look up that person. Why don't you introduce this next uh, commercial though? Again, we have uh, Tambor sitting at the head of the boardroom table. Is there anything else we need to know? Um, okay, now in this one, so the, the this is the DirecTV campaign, and they're starting to evolve it. So now the story has become, okay, we're the cable company. We can't compete directly. We can't compete head-on with DirecTV, so we're going to have to merge with like the, a bigger cable giant, a Comcast-esque kind of company. Guess, guess what Carrie Aisley was in? Um, Best in show. 
Awesome. <laughs> I so thought you'd like that. So Sorry to interrupt, it. but yeah. Like again, the the and for your consideration. Yeah. And so I can't Who was she in Best in Show? I you know, again, I you can't I, I'm trying to Google this on the fly, but I don't have a good memory for that. I haven't seen those movies in a really long but time. But you absolutely recognize but she's, her. Yeah, yeah. and again, so some whoever was casting these was getting these people. Like yeah. it's no it's very accident. intentional. And yeah. it, and we're about to get some more of them. That's amazing. Okay. Um so in this one now they're going to have to um, start getting start talking about a merger with their rivals, the other giant cable giant. Um, and at the very end, we see who those rivals uh, are personified by. All right, listen up. We all know that DirecTV is better at this whole TV thing. So to beat them, we're going to get bigger. We're going to merge with Cable World. Cable World? I can't stand those guys. They're the worst. They're totally incompetent. That company stinks. And I mean, they smell. I used to work there. I had to breathe through my mouth the whole time. Shh, shh, shh. They're here. This is going to be fun, firing everyone. Get rid of cable. So the people who are coming in, who are standing in the room already as this conversation is happening are the cable uh, town people or whatever. And it's Fred Willard and Jennifer Coolidge. That's right. So again, all the same universe. And in fact, I sort of miss labeled Carrie Aisley is in both of those commercials um but the woman who was yelling is Janetta Arnett who I think is also I don't know if she's in any of the guest films I'm looking this up now but we definitely know her from various things as well yeah so, she's she's got a recognizable yeah, face yeah so sure. that's I mean it's just so many hey it's that person's um, so this final direct TV ad we're back we're still in the boardroom these all take place in exactly the same cable world uh, or same boardroom now the merger has taken place we're hearing from fred willard and jennifer coolidge and this is the one where i said jennifer coolidge even though it's just a very small little bit of acting she's totally doing something else she's doing like uh sort of bored over it corporate lady all right now that we have merged with cable world we are so excited to hear your big ideas and how we're gonna take on direct tv so over to you thank you full disclosure we forgot to come up with ideas i mean we got messed up last night you're lucky we're even here but <laughs> we did bring breakfast bagels nope oh my goodness peel and eat shrimp <laughs> not how i would have gone but uh it's good it's innovative and that's what we want here get rid of cable <laughs> they just dump an entire bucket or cooler of ice and peel and eat shrimp all over the table you're right like i love that we got messed up last night we you're lucky we're up, even yeah. here and you could hear her doing that in that more of that like um slurry kind of voice that she does when she's kind of being whiny but like in this case you still have the sort of like yeah, we got messed up last night, like the sort of alcoholic yeah. <laughs> vibe. But she's so much just more like in a power mode yes. there, not yeah. at all and she looks, helpless. She's she's not dressed in like yeah. some flowy thing, and she doesn't look kind of, uh, you know, kind of she's not falling out of her top or anything. Like she kind of does sometimes. Like she's playing a buttoned up uh, executive. It's not all she fell out of. Spoilers! Oh, Spoiler. hey, everybody, just watch. The- TV Just show. watch the show. Um, I want to say something. Is that the last one in the series? That's as far the last as we're direct TV now? one. Yeah, I mean there are many others, but I those are the ones I grabbed. Would one hundred? You know what? One hundred and ten percent. Wow. I would watch either a movie 
or a like you know like a short run TV show sure. on Netflix or something with all like you don't even have to change the plot. Yeah, like, I will they, the watch two cable companies the, I merge. Would, like all of these, there's so much freaking star power so much in talent. there. Yeah, yeah. The talent I don't know in what that room. I mean, get <laughs> fucking get Ed Begley Jr. Yeah, get he's Ed alive. Jr. Back. He's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Kill off Tambor. Kill off Tambor. I, mean, I, I love the, Tambor on screen. Just, by the way, if people don't know, he just has no, he's proven an himself talent, to be a, a terrible, kind of a really bad person. No one can take that away from him. But like, have the first have the very first scene be Ed Begley Jr. or or John Michael Higgins looking out of a broken 30-story window like you you know. can, yeah. wow dark Genevieve well you know just kill him off in the very yeah, first sure, thing you never yeah. see him and then we get Ed Begley Jr. coming back um, alright so we have a few more of these boy those are so good man yeah those are so good alright this next one I almost didn't include it because it's not it's not really an audio it's not really great for an audio medium, mm. but it was very famous when it came out, and I like it. And it's it it's so weird for both of these performers. It stars Jimmy Fallon and Parker Posey, and I really didn't want to. Hmm. And the, Parker Posey has not done many ads. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Like some of these actors have done just dozens and dozens, and some of them have done almost none. Harry Shearer, I literally couldn't find hmm. even one single ad that he has done. Um, so. I wanted to include this because it includes Parker Posey. And I remember when this came out, it was kind of a kind of a little bit of a moment. I mean, it might have been like released either at a Super Bowl on a Super Bowl or like some kind of like cultural moment. Very early 2000s, I'm guessing. Yeah, it looks like it. They're both pretty young here. The plot is Jimmy Fallon uh, comes out of a bodega on a city street carrying a Pepsi. And he's kind of like he's just feeling himself. He's like just dancing because he's like mm-hmm. got a Pepsi in his hand. And then he looks across the street at a bodega right across the way and coming out of that one, also carrying a Pepsi and also kind of feeling herself and dancing is Parker Posey. So they they dance with each other, but on either side of a of a trafficy street until they both meet on top of a cab and have like a final little uh, duet. Fallon's starting to dance a little bit. Here comes Parker Posey jumping out of a a little bodega. Da- I remember this. They're dancing it's across the cute. street. The but- stunt double for Jimmy Fallon. Oh, I think not in this short one. Maybe you don't see it, but in the longer one, there's an obvious stunt double for him. Oh yeah, there he is. He's pushing back Trump's hair. Who? Oh wait. Oh wait. No. Oh just wait. <laughs> I oh, yeah. slipped one in there. Boy, I'm really ruining this show today. It's a bummer. So many good commercials. But All right. We, well, so many bad jokes. We're almost done here, but we, this this would not be complete without a look at what Jane Lynch is doing commercial Jane wise. Lynch. My goodness. She must be in a lot. She is. I mean, I'll tell you one thing that she is in a gajillion of, which is she was like the spokesperson for the Illinois Visit Illinois tourist really? campaign. Oh. I don't know if she's from Chicago. That would make sense, right? Yeah, sure. Um, but my God, they made like 20 of them and none of them are great. Like, really? I mean, they're like, it's just, it's in the same way that I found a lot of these Michael Higgins ones, Michael John Michael Higgins ones to be like a sort of a waste of talent because the writing wasn't up to snuff. Mm-hmm. Same thing with these Illinois ones where like, 
it's like they're tr- they're in the form of a joke, but they're not funny. Looks like she is from uh, Evergreen Park, Illinois, which so. is a little bit south of Chicago. I'm guessing that this is considered Chicago land. Looks like sort of the south yeah. side. My understanding of Illinois geography is that it's all Chicago land. Here's what I'm getting from um, Google Maps: is there is a Sam's Club, a Menards, and a Raising Canes, all in Evergreen Park. Illinois. Well, sounds pretty good then. Good. (laughs) What else do you need? Um, So I didn't include any of those Illinois tourist uh, ones, but she did do the entire campaign. So uh, if you are so inclined, you can easily find them. Um, She also did an ad for PetSmart. This one did kind of make me laugh. It's a little audio, audio wise, it's a little confusing because we're cutting. She's, she's, we open in her garden. She's um, sitting next to her, like, kind of like beautiful dog i thought it was like kind of a miss that they didn't get a standard poodle because of the the best in show oh sure uh, you know dna or whatever Uh i still think it's like relevant that she's that they picked her because of her best in show uh credentials but she's sitting next to like i don't know what kind of dog this is but it's like kind of looks like a like a fancy sheep dog yeah it looks like a purebred sheep dog of some sort yeah um and then next to that is you can't see it but there's also a cat so she's sitting in her garden she's talking about how much she like doesn't want her beloved pets to get uh any fleas or any kind of like you know uh, pests and then we're cutting back and forth between her in her garden and her talking to an associate in pet smart I'm not a fan of infestation. And if even one flea or one tick gets on my William or my Monty, you're going to have to deal with me. How bad is your infestation? It's a nightmare. Well, PetSmart has the products to help treat your pet, home, and yard. They don't serve any purpose. They gang up on you. Unless it was to annoy us. You have to fight back. And to anger me. You don't want to mess with me. (laughs) No, not at all. PetSmart has vet-recommended canine Advantix 2, which repels and kills fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes for dogs only. Now save up to $10 on this and other select Bayer products. Because Pethood needs a partner. Oh, I thought there was going to be a little button on the end. Uh, she is always just on the edge of crazy. Yes. Huh? I love Jane Lynch like, on the edge of crazy. She doesn't do anything wrong there, but at the very end when she goes, ha ha, yeah. it's like, okay, please get out of my store. And her There's physical presence of, yeah. is so imposing, right? Yeah, like yeah. she's just this very tall, rangy person and she uses her body in, in a subtle but very effective way in a lot of these uh, performances. Mm-hmm. Um so then I have one last one for Jane Lynch. This is Good, for, you have another Jane Lynch? Good, yeah, this good. is the last one. Um, this is for the NFL, and um, she's she's talking about, uh, like, I think, I, God, I forget how, how it's, oh, oh, I know it. It's about the celebration dances. Mm-hmm. Remember around the time that NFL got, like, kind of cracked down on celebration mm-hmm. in the end zone and, like, you couldn't, couldn't get too creative? But people also were getting kind of insane with it. She has a wall, like one of those conspiracy theory walls, lots of pictures, lots of red uh, yarn connecting different things. And she's like thinking through how she's going to like coach a new style, new celebrations for for star players. Well, 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 celebrations. Let's see where we are. Group selfie. No more. There's a new celebration coach in town. All right, it's showtime, Mahomes. Get in there, Baker boy. How you feeling, feeling? Gentlemen, it's our turn now. Boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, that seems like such a setup. What is she gonna do? I know. I looked for. I looked to see if there was like a follow up to that, and mm-hmm. I couldn't find it. Maybe I might. There just must be. That must have been have a setup it. for something because yeah. we don't know like what is her approach to celebration. Yeah, I'd love to see it. If, oh. if, if, if you can ever, if we can ever find it, um, I'll play it. <laughs> 
All right, should we check in with the Ad Council? Sure. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. You just fixed a typo on the show sheet. And, and now just, you're unfixing and it I just like a psychopath. It. Um, this is from Josh who posted this to Facebook. Josh, thank you so much. This was really interesting. And I plan to, I, I can tell you what my evening will be spent doing, which is watching this full documentary. Josh was, says, while watching a YouTube documentary on the crazy production history of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, um, it found, I realized this groundbreaking Fanta commercial was a huge reason it finally came together. So I, I didn't watch the whole documentary, but I did jump ahead in the documentary to like the part where they explain like why this Fanta commercial was so important. If you want to play the Fanta commercial, I don't know, where, where do you want to start? Like, why it was important? Um, I guess I'd like to see the Fanta commercial first. I'm assuming that this is all going to relate to the technology of melding live action actors and scenarios with animation. Exactly. And that's not a new technology in and of itself. Like, Pete's Dragon, right, is how, like, oh, when did yeah. that come out? You know, and even, like, from the very beginning of animation, it has been possible to put an animated uh, character into a piece of film that has real people in it like that's not that groundbreaking of technology but if you look at pete's dragon or any kind of old versions like that the animated characters look very flat they Mm. don't look like they're part of the scene they look like they're just drawn and stuck on which is exactly what they are yeah like a frame type of thing they have no cell i guess sort of right i don't know what i'm talking about go ahead (laughs) um you're saying some words (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just sort of think of that old fashioned, like even leaving out. I don't even know why I'm. You're letting me talk more on this. I'm such an <laughs> idiot. But um, when you think about the old style of even animation, and it was like cell by cell, uh-huh. and sometimes you see them, and you're like, okay, well, all of the all of the background stuff stays the same, but we're just going to make Mickey's arm move a little bit more here, a little bit more here, and now you're replacing some of that background settings with like maybe a real den yeah. from the real world or something or a real uh, woodland scene or something and but you can sort of see how that old school animation on top of that wouldn't seem like it's interacting with the yeah. three dimensional real world well, just like and, and that's it on effectively top. it right it's like the way that the animated uh, characters were drawn traditionally was just a very illustrative style and it was extremely two-dimensional. And when you're seeing a totally two-dimensional scene, it doesn't jump out at you how two-dimensional it is because your brain like contextualizes it. But if you're seeing it in mm-hmm. um, an, a, a three-dimensional like live action scene, the flatness and the lack of shading and the, the way the light is not like they're not being shadowed. Like there's a shadow on a person, but not on the yeah. on the animated sure, character. Yeah. It doesn't have these round dimensions that make it look like it's a three-dimensional object in a three-dimensional space. So somebody, and this is what this documentary explains, like came up with some technique to make these animated drawings look more realistic mm-hmm. um, and look more like they were part of the scene that they're in and that they're interacting with the people they're interacting with and objects. Um, and one of the first places that this was used was in this Fanta commercial, which features Disney characters, uh, okay. Mickey Mouse, Pluto... Um, I don't know mm-hmm. you the, you know the whole gang sure yeah. um, and it also includes uh, uh, real life kids and I think they're like in a in a space uh, setting like they're on a spaceship or something um, and so Steven Spielberg who I think at that point was already kind of in talks to to own to to have uh, who framed Roger Rabbit as a project 
So, oh, I didn't realize that's a Spielberg project. Well, I think it is because I, I again I didn't listen to this whole um, whole documentary, but they mentioned Spielberg as being like impressed by this Fanta commercial, oh, okay. and that that he realized subsequently that the person who he was who was already kind of like somehow attached to this Roger Rabbit project was also one of the animators whose techniques were used to make this Fanta commercial. <laughs> Yeah, there's something that's very hard for me to put words to, but there's something about the, like you said, the shadows and the mm-hmm. shading and the three-dimensionality of, like, there's a moment where a bunch of kids and cartoon characters are all kind of looking over each other's shoulders at yeah. something that is a center of attention, and it truly seems like they're sharing space. It, it does, and it's hard to, it's hard for, like, non-experts like us uh, to articulate it exactly because we don't have the vocabulary, but you you can tell, like, any mm-hmm. anyone can tell, like, it's, it looks better than... Um, Pete's Dragon is the example that keeps coming to mind because it's like they I looked at some shots or some footage from Pete's Dragon today uh, that was in this documentary mm-hmm. as like an example of how things used to be and boy it's like really obvious that there is a real life thing that was shot and then they stuck a drawing on it <laughs> yeah I, which I don't know if I grew up with that movie I'm assuming they got a real dragon but then animated the boy exactly that's how they got I a real dragon and they mocapped it and then they drew the <laughs> from the mocap um, what's a mocap motion capture oh I see Um, so I see on the sidebar of YouTube here after watching that commercial that takes place in space there's another one in in this campaign where it looks like the same like Disney characters are playing soccer or something with a bunch of kids is that is is that what's referenced in this YouTube video the the documentary about Roger Rabbit the both uh, I think the space one is referenced but the whole campaign is referenced I see yeah should should we play some of this sure of this documentary Sure. I op- I I started it. If you want to click on that link, it should start kind of where they start talking about this Fanta campaign. And why these commercials stood out to Spielberg was because of how they showcased a new form of innovative animation techniques. You see, live action films mixed with animation always had a major limitation, mm. in that the animation itself never seamlessly blended into the world it was drawn into. For example, in Pete's Dragon, the lighting of the surrounding environment doesn't always fall into the dragon realistically. Mm -hmm. He's uniformly lit in almost every scene, and is virtually unaffected by shadows and highlights of the live-action footage, no matter what lighting is around him. The dragon also appears flat, without any real dimension or depth, and appears sort of pasted into the three-dimensional environment. Which, of course, he was. This was also the case for commercials of the time, in that the cartoons lacked realistic shadows and highlights to better match up with the live-action world. Now, that's really interesting. We're seeing the honeybee for Honey Nut Cheerios. The Trix Rabbit. The Trix Rabbit and Tony the Tiger, I think, interacting. Enter Chris Knott, an effects artist at Richard Williams Animation, who came up with an ingenious new technique to rectify this issue. We'll have a much more detailed and thorough breakdown of this method a bit later, as it requires examples from the eventual film. But to overly simplify for now, it was basically a way to apply sculpted tones, shadows, and highlights onto the animation itself. This Mm. achieved a much more realistic blending of the two mediums, and also gave the animation a rounded three-dimensional look. 
the technique. That's really interesting. They're even they were using the example that I said, where they're all sort of like looking over each other's shoulders at something and truly. When they show like you the, the before style and yeah. the after style, you really see the difference. That's really interesting. Anyway, Josh, that's this is exactly the kind of thing I love, like a deep dive on something really wonky and like a weird backstory to something, some piece of cultural history like that. So thank you. I'm looking forward to watching that whole documentary. We'll post the link. Uh, it's on the Facebook group, but I'll post it. Uh, in the show sheet as well. It's funny that that makes you want to watch the documentary. It makes me want to watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit <laughs> and then maybe go back and that. watch the documentary. It's been a while. I feel like I should watch Roger Rabbit at least once a year. Um, okay, one more email. That's that a good Thanksgiving watch. Is it? Don't you think? Um, not because of any specific tie-ins, just vibe. Just like if you have family yeah. around, everybody it's a great, can enjoy it. It's an everybody can enjoy it movie. Yeah. I think that's what, like to me, that a good Thanksgiving watch is something that everybody's familiar with so you're not trying to like figure out what happens in like you know some elaborate crime mm-hmm. drama or something it's like a movie that like everybody of every age can watch and enjoy the kids can enjoy the policy talk about public transportation <laughs> exactly. we the adults can enjoy toontown this, and you know jessica rabbit's breasts and jessica rabbit um so uh, let's close on a super weird note um oh i thought we just did nope let's uh-huh. let's let's make it even weirder um, this is from the files dating or siblings. One of the weed shops that I go to has a tip jar that always has a picture of two people and it says dating or siblings. Really? Yeah. It's the weed shop um, uh, over by the U district, the joint. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I didn't know that dating or siblings was such a thing in culture. I guess it is. It's a thing in this part of culture, which is where I sometimes buy weed. <laughs> Um, and you can t- you put the you put your tip in one side or the other based on which like, one you think it, it is. Which one you think it is? Yeah. And these are people from pop culture mostly. No, no, it's just like random photos oh, from that, the internet. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Okay, so this has come up on the show before, sort of in a very infamous commercial, uh, a holiday commercial. Yes. I think specifically a Christmas commercial for um, Folgers crystals that right. came out. The, I think the in the early eighties or mid eighties, and it's like the sibling the, incest commercial. Yes, the the boy, the son, or whatever the brother comes home from. I think college, yeah. um, and to surprise the family, I think that uh, they haven't seen him in a while for the holidays, and the his sister is very excited to see him. Yeah. And then they share a moment in the kitchen that is just like, oh, what is the nature it's of your relationship? It's unpleasantly intimate it's for a brother intimate, and for, yeah. an, for a grown ass brother and sister. Yeah. She says, you're my present. Which yeah. Is not and she a puts thing- a bow on herself. Yeah. I, uh, some, or or she puts a bow on him. Yeah. 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 And I think oh, Folgers just missed the mark. You know, I don't think I mean, I don't think there's any conspiracy to it. It was just one of those things mm-hmm. where. They oh, you don't think? Do people believe that Folgers did that on purpose to push a, a pro incest? <laughs> I don't know what people believe, but it it is it definitely missed the mark, and it has become a an absolute like iconic laugh, you uh-huh. know, joke and laugh line. But like, you know, it we all saw it as kids, and I don't know if it like if it set off as many mm-hmm. alarm bells as it now does. And I do think it's kind of interesting. Like, has our relationship with sibling intimacy and family intimacy? Has it just changed as a culture to the point where like any kind of like like all touch is bad touch now? Like, I mm-hmm. don't know. No, I don't think so. Well, actually, let's let's because I, I actually did watch this commercial in advance and I saw Ben's note here, which we'll read in a second. And um, I 
I'll, I'll respond after we play the commercial, but do you mind reading Ben's email? Yeah, Ben says, please tell me if I'm crazy or if this commercial is yet another in the dating or siblings camp. When I saw this for the first time, I thought, wow, weird casting choice to have that couple look so much alike. Then it turns out that they are sisters. Do we think they're supposed to be twins? They do look alike. I do think they're twins. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are buying furniture for presumably the place they live together, and their body language is very dating to me. Uh, he says, please tell me if you see it too and my and that my brain hasn't been ruined by that Folders commercial. Yeah. Um, so I do think that uh, I have my opinion about this, um, so I'll, I'll hold on that. The premise here is that two girls, and I'm going to say... Early 20s. Yeah, they look young, but they're clearly furniture shopping. Mm-hmm. So, like, they can't be, like, living at their parents' house. Mm-hmm. Like, they must be living in, or at least one of them must be living independently. But they're, uh, you know, young women, um, two attractive young brunettes, mm-hmm. and they're um, dressed pretty similarly. And I think it is, they are, I think they are identical mm-hmm. twins. And they're wearing kind of, like, like kind of shortish pleated skirts, like kind of a... <laughs> I would say sort of a tweet. No, just joking. But like sort sort of a um, a stylish but um, kind of preppy look. A maybe. little preppy, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, tights, boots, skirts. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that they are to me very obviously identical sibling, identical twins, is like so not if based on my read of it, where I'm like instantly like, oh, they're related. Immediately, twins. you didn't. Have I the never thought of them as being that, a couple yeah, because my my immediate read was sibling. Yes. Um. But anyway, they go into this Bob's furniture. They sit down on this love seat, and they're trying to decide whether or not to buy the couch or the love seat. And then they find out like, whoa, it's a great deal. You can get them together. Oh, what about this one? Love the timeless style and the accent pillows and the price. Do we go with the sofa or the love seat? Think I can help. That price is for the sofa and the love seat, just $9.99 for both. And I've got many more combos under $1,000. Oh my Bob, we don't have to choose a favorite. Just like our parents didn't have to choose a favorite daughter. Right. When every day is like Black Friday, there's only one thing to say. Oh my Bob. I find something, aside from the conversation we're having, I find something else interesting about this commercial that I'll bring up in a second. Everything we're talking about is so visual, so my apologies to the listeners who are following along with just audio. But I think a big part of what Ben is talking about is the physicality and the touching. It's the knee of grabbing. The, there's knee grabbing and hand holding between yes. these two. They're so. constantly like petting each other's knees and holding mm-hmm. each other's hands. They, like, and again, that's why I brought up before that they're yeah. wearing skirts too. Yeah. It's not like they're dressed in like big puffy snow pants yeah. or something. I will say that's not a kind of intimacy, like physical intimacy that I have with my siblings. Mm-hmm. I didn't, because I was reading it from Jump as siblings, I just thought it was sort of some bad acting choices in terms of like their like the just the choices that they're making in terms of like how it's staged because the hand grabbing and knee grabbing to me just reads as awkward acting choices. Uh-huh. I do understand. I mean it, it, again as somebody who doesn't have that kind of a relationship with siblings, um I understand why Ben would be like, "Oh wow, suddenly wait." Especially if he's not seeing them as identical. If he's not seeing them as identical twins, which and I'm I have some sort of face blindness, I believe, too. So I definitely dig that. Um, And then you're seeing the physicality between them. And then there's this almost awkward line that doesn't make a lot of sense about just like mom and dad (laughs) didn't need to choose a favor between us. It's like they wanted to draw a line under it. We're sisters. I felt like that was like, oh, we need to explain here that we're sisters. So they threw that in there. But then the, the weirdest thing about that line, and again, this is where it's very visual. 
the woman on the young woman on the left says that line and I'll play it again about like just like our parents didn't have to choose a favorite and the other one's like yeah and they kind of again kind of shake their hands and knees or whatever they kind of grab each other but then the one who volunteers that weird out of the blue statement right. non sequitur the one who volunteers it then turns over her shoulder to look at the salesperson and rolls her eyes big as in get a load of my weird sister <laughs> i'm like i'm sorry ma'am you brought this into evidence why are you did you notice that no let me see it watch again. watch this again it really is irritating me see just 9.99 for both and i've got many more combos under a thousand dollars oh my bob we don't have to choose a favorite just like our parents didn't have to choose a favorite daughter right when everything is like Black Friday, there's only one. I'm wrong. Yeah. It's the, she didn't uh, introduce it, it into evidence. It's the one it's who green didn't introduce yeah. it. So Green so. Sweater says, just like our parents didn't have to choose a favorite, and Brown Sweater's like, that's weird. And she like okay. looks to the salesperson for validation, like, that was a weird thing, right? You know what? My apologies to Brown Sweater. Yeah. And my apologies to Ben. And my apologies to you, Genevieve, for ruining the show. <laughs> you can sell anything. Really thought I got him there. We're all wrong once in a while. Once, you know, once a year or so, yeah. I am wrong about something, and so <laughs> it's good to have it on the record. Uh, that was a lot of fun, that boy. Can fun. we go back? And do, are there more Directv commercials? There are. Yeah, they're really <laughs> okay, great. Go and, let's try to piece them all together in show. order, because I mean that is amazing. That like that was a story arc. Yeah. From like our competition is eating our lunch to we need to merge. Now we've to, merged. Now we have merged. Yeah. What a we fired world. Ed Bagley Jr. We hired Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. So please get at us if you happen to spot an ad that we missed that's got one of the um, the guest uh, ensemble cast members that's worth the worth the play. Please send it to us. Call us. Um, it doesn't have to be a jingle, although we love those. Call us or leave us a voice memo. Uh, 607-444-5597. Again, that's 607 607- what do you like to say? I like to say 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. Right, 444-5597. Or you can call Garfield 12323. No, don't call that. That's a heating and plumbing service in Cleveland, I believe. Um, and I think you'll also have to time travel to call that number. <laughs> Uh, you can email us at after these messages show at Gmail. You can visit us on the Facebook page. You can a group. You can check out uh, the YouTube page, which still does have a lot of ads we haven't shared here. We'll we'll get back to that one of these days. Um, but after that, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. They all spies and I'm Pisces rising, and you ain't Hoover. You suck like James Dyson. Google the devil, but.